Murders in the Dark, the podcast where we tell stories of all things murderous, paranormal, and terrifying that go on in the dark. So I'm Tay. And I'm Tori. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're happy to be recording again. I actually was able to bang out a case, so mm-hmm. this one's coming from me, which is nice. I like to present the cases when I have the energy. So. Yes, and I'm so excited that we're finally like back to like kind of getting mm-hmm. settled into a routine. Um, for updates from the last one yes. that we posted about pigeon and his tooth so he had his dental surgery on Mm -hmm. thursday they went in to remove the broken tooth but he had some gingiva that had already set in Mm -hmm. to the top row of his teeth so they took all four of his top ones so right now my little noodle has just a gummy top mouth Um, really cute yeah some like stitches he can only eat soft food at the moment Mm -hmm. he's on pain medication he finally finished his round of anti-inflammatory medication but he's getting better and better each day however now i have to try to figure out uh what products to now add Mm -hmm. to try to help prevent any further tooth decay and to find some more like fluoride related products Mm -hmm. the hard part is is all of the fluoride related products they keep recommending me have chicken and stuff in it which he cannot digest yeah i didn't think about that yep so they were basically saying like oh you should change his diet to these foods and i'm like but i literally can't because the ingredients list Mm -hmm. say chicken yeah which he cannot digest the only protein he can digest is fish yeah so now i have to figure out this weird balance of trying to figure out what will be his tooth routine to keep mm. his teeth healthy, but also feed him a diet that doesn't give him constant diarrhea. Yeah, which we don't, because he's a long-haired cat, so. Yes, so it's not great, and also nobody wants to live with constant IBS. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, like, yeah, exactly, yeah. So it's its own little mess, but luckily he is doing very well. However, he's still on the pain medication that makes him kind of high mm-hmm. and kind of a train wreck, mm-hmm. but he's doing so much better so mm-hmm. for all of the nice kind wishes and especially yes. for my grandma who listens to us every Aww. week who gave me lots of nice comfort about mm-hmm. him having his surgeries he's doing much better now yeah, and he's back to his normal self yes definitely but, so you know all the kitties are doing good powder is you know being a pain in the ass as normal but i mean yes. she's also gonna be eight months old and not only a few days oh, yeah. so she is full velociraptoring mm-hmm. and it is so annoying mm-hmm. but she can't help it, yeah. so we just have to live through it and uh, try it to not lose our minds. We're already we're already there. We have a fucking true crime podcast. We're already there. exactly. We've it's completely fine. gone nuts. We've off the deep end. But the case that you told me you're going to be covering yes. today, I'm super excited about because yes. this is one of my favorite true crime cases yes. because I'm the worst. So this case I heard about when I was in community college. I had a specific professor who I've mentioned before who. He, I had, I was in community college for two and a half years. So I did five semesters of four classes instead of four semesters of five classes. Okay. Because I was nervous about like being able to handle all the work and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully it wasn't an issue, but anyway, I wanted to take my fucking time. So <clears throat> I was at community college for two and a half years of so five semesters. Every single semester I had this professor. He was an adjunct professor from mm-hmm. uh, Philly. So he was an ex-Philly cop. He used to go on the Schuylkill Expressway and he was a highway patrol cop. And he handled a lot of shit. And so he was like, he actually got trained at Quantico from the FBI for a little bit. Like oh he my was, God. He, what a career. Yeah, he was a, he really, and he was in the Navy before that. He was a really remarkable career, remarkable policeman. Kind of a shit guy because he walked in the first day with a briefcase that had a yeah. huge Trump 2020 sticker on it. Because I, or no, it was 2016. Because oh I, God, um, yeah. or no, it was Make America Great Again. Because I started college in 2016. So my first election was that election. Mm. So um, we had, Anyway, so the reason I say that is because he used to, you know, he was an older guy, so he used to tell stories over and over and over again. Yeah. So by the end of my fifth, or by, by like halfway through my time in community college, he used to be like, oh, about this case, Tori, why don't you uh, tell us about the case? <laughs> so I would literally know the story by heart because yeah. of how many times he would say it in class. Anyway, so that like, you know, that's kind of a little bit of background as to like, you know, how I became familiar with this case. Mm-hmm. So, um... Drum, I get, we're not doing drum roll, but drum roll, like, um, we're talking <laughs> about Lorena Bobbitt today. Yes. Yes. Or oh. as she's now known, Lorena Gallo, because she changed her name uh, from Bobbitt, mm-hmm. which was her husband's last name, mm-hmm. to Gallo, which is her maiden name. Good for her. Um, this is one that I feel like um, I asked Tay if, if she knew a lot about it, and she said she did. Um, and it's one of those cases that just is very, you know, very popular. Uh, very popular, very popular in, so, in uh, the social media and stuff. So anyway, so she's like... Lorena Gallo has always been, you know, the butt of the joke, the, you know, people are making fun of her, and, you know, they don't talk about 
like they're like, oh, poor John Bobby, he got his dick cut off. Yeah. But they don't talk about what caused Lorena to do that. Yes. So, but like because of that, I want to you know before we start, I want to mention that you know content warning. This case deals heavily with domestic violence, mm-hmm. rape, sexual violence, and there's also mention of forced abortion. Okay. So there's, you know, it's pretty yeah, heavy. So this is definitely a heavy case, which also I want to side note before we fully get into it. Like, first, this is a Lorena Bobbitt stand podcast. Yes. We're absolutely 100% like, as That's we go on, like, clearly she was the victim in this situation. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I do want to, although in saying that, that we're like full support of Lorena no one should be cutting off other people's yes. genitals. Like, side note, nobody nobody here on this podcast is advocating to do no. that. However, I think However, as we are advocating this story, we are advocating that rapists fucking suck. Yeah, so, like, And rapists don't get rights. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. like, who gives a shit about a rapist? So... Exactly. This, I think, definitely in why I think it's really awesome that you're covering this case and that we're having this put here is because the narrative should change. 100%. 100%. Definitely. Because this is not a poor victim man Mm -hmm. who, like, just had some horrible, crazy woman harm Mm -hmm. him. No, this was something. This man should have been in prison. Yeah, and this is something something that um, I kind of, I didn't realize the the depth of this case until I researched it because... Mm -hmm. All my professor had always said was, oh, like, Lorena Bobbitt, like, she cut off her husband's penis, like, and acted as if there was nothing that caused it. He didn't mention any of the DV, any of the sexual assault, any of the rapes, any yes. of the forced abortions. Like, he never mentioned yeah. any of that. Unfortunately, I think that not only was that just the narrative of the case in general was because, like, I remember... The reason why I know so much about this case before you fully tell me it was because I did watch the Jordan Peele documentary. I haven't watched that. I want to watch it. I absolutely 100% recommend it. It's so good. It was so well done, just like everything Jordan Peele Mm -hmm. does. But also, I... Because I remember growing up hearing about this case Mm -hmm. and never hearing any of the details on her half. I think, one, that's what the media spin did. And two, I think that that also speaks to the way policing has been for decades is that it's been such a male-centric field that it's obvious that the people who talk about this case from his perspective only think of the male perspective Mm -hmm. only think of like it's not acceptable to harm abusive men but don't care whatsoever if Mm -hmm. abusive men harm women yeah i think something that like really is it's gonna be good for us talking about this case is that um we both worked as victim advocates. So, you yes. know, we've heard people say, like, you know, I've punched my abuser in the face. I've mm-hmm. done this to my abuser. You know, I've done all these things to my abuser because he's hitting me. Mm-hmm. So I think it's good that we bring this up because, like, yes. we always say we want our podcast to be from the victims, you know, the victim's point of view, the victims, yes. you know, advocating for the victim and stuff like that. So at the end of the day, okay, in reality, like, the most immediate harm was that John Bobbitt? Yes. yes. But at the end of the day, like... He caused a he caused great it, amount yeah. of harm and... It's sad that she turned to what she did because this man should have always been in prison. Mm, yeah. It shouldn't have gotten to a point where she felt so trapped that she thought she had to do this. Exactly. And I think that's the perspective that exactly. we're definitely going into this. We're not yeah. advocating for him to be harmed or for yeah. people to harm their rapists, yeah. but we are advocating that victims should not be so powerless and have no and abusers have no mm-hmm. repercussion to a point that victims get to this place. Definitely. <clears throat> so I want to give a little background on Lorena. Um, so Lorena Bobbitt was born Lorena Gallo in 1969 in Buque, Ecuador. Mm-hmm. Um, she grew up in Venezuela with two sw- siblings who were younger than her. Her family was middle class with her father being a dental technician. Um, she didn't come to the U.S. for the first time until she was 16 and mm-hmm. it was a present for her, her uh, quinceanera. So she was, they were like, let's take her to the U.S. And she fucking fell in love. She loved it. Um, After this trip, she wanted to move there. Her family actually tried and unfortunately failed to emigrate to the U.S. Um, But Lorena eventually came over on a student visa. So while she she was in school in, like, community college Mm -hmm. and whatever, she worked odd jobs, such as being a nanny. And then she also ended up working as a um, nail technician at a nail, nail, like, salon. So while she was in college, she eventually met John Bobbitt, a U.S. Marine, at a bar meant for enlisted men in Virginia, Mm -hmm. I believe. She said immediately she was swept off by her feet from him. It was the, you know, in a uniform, the blue yeah. eyes. She felt like like being with him was the American dream to her. And that's what Which she wanted. Which makes complete sense with, given her background, that this mm-hmm. is what she was being sold as an immigrant. Yep. Uh, that this was mm-hmm. the dream. This is the best life you can lead. Mm-hmm. And, like, that it always is, like, kind of funny to me that people don't think that 
immigrants really care about this country mm-hmm. because literally I have never seen more people who are more proud to be American or more like willing to fight for America than people who have immigrated mm-hmm. and that like especially like in my town there was a, a huge population of like Italian immigrant families mm-hmm. they are the most like American American mm-hmm. people like you could ever meet so like that but then it also does make me very sad that like she was swept off her feet so immediately by mm-hmm. this person who turns out to be horrible and yeah. that it really does show like how easily yeah. these men <clears throat> make these great first impressions and like be these abusive people because mm-hmm. like that's also probably what you're gonna end up hearing in court was like oh if he was so abusive why did she stay with him or why mm-hmm. was she with him blah 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 it was like well no one says on their first date that mm-hmm. they're gonna be a rapist yeah and something that like i reading this case like the place i work for now mm-hmm. i went from one dv agency to another dv agency and the agency i work for now has a very high where, where it's located has a very high hispanic population mm-hmm. latino population like immigrant population mm-hmm. and so something we see a lot i can count on my hand we have about 25 clients right now in our shelter yeah. probably at least six or seven of them are immigrants who are undocumented but were brought here by american men wow. and it's it's it happens all the time mm-hmm. especially in the agency i work for so it's yeah. it happens this stuff happens all the time and people don't realize that people because of the stigma around being an immigrant, especially a Hispanic immigrant from a, like, a Hispanic yeah. or Latino country, mm-hmm. it has such a stigma on it that, like, oh, you came over here for him. Oh, it's your fault you came over here, like, this, that, and the other. It, yes. no, no one asks to be abused. No. You know what as I mean? As well as, like, why is it not that you're questioning the creepy, horrible motives mm-hmm. and realizing that, like, you've made a system that makes it so abusers can find, like, easier prey? Exactly. Instead of saying, like, Instead of victim blaming, why don't you, again, take a look back at the Mm -hmm. person who's doing the victimizing and ask, how the fuck did we get here Mm -hmm. to make it so that you can prey on easy victims in this way? I agree. They met in 1988 and married a year later in 1989 when Lorena was 20 and John was 22, so he was two years older than her. She was a baby. And he was her first boyfriend, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, so she they dated for only one year, and then they married. And she got married. Which... As we know, as victim yeah. advocates, that happens a lot. It's a lot of the yes. love bombing. Oh, this guy's perfect. So then, like, mm-hmm. of course I'm remarried to him, you know? Yep. And the fact that she was an immigrant as well, in my in our, in our my experience, you know, as a victim's mm-hmm. advocate, immigrant women tend to marry American men faster yes. because the American men are like, I can get your citizenship. I exactly. can get your citizenship. Exactly. So they, they sell them this lie of fast-tracking mm-hmm. a life of safety and not having the risk of our government deporting them. Mm-hmm. But on top of it, they're, they're purposely making a situation yep. where this person is vulnerable and fe- and afraid because they also lie to them and make it seem like you can't ever leave me or you're mm-hmm. going to get booted out of here yep. too. Yep. So it force it's like another layer of trap and entrapment. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Um, and, I, and I didn't really quite like the fact that, that he was her first boyfriend and he like convinced no. her to marry him, whatever. Um, but so they marry in 1989 and Lorena says after this is when John became abusive. She said, as it always goes, it gradually got worse, and he regularly started hitting her and raping her. Um, and as we know that normally, something that I, I'd say a lot to clients is, they always go like, oh, well, how, like, he wasn't like this when I first started. Something that, a, an, an analogy mm-hmm. that I like is, if you put, take a, a, a frog and put it mm-hmm. in a pot of boiling water, it's going to mm-hmm. hop out. Yes. But if you take a frog and put it in a, bo- in a, in a pot of normal water and then slowly let it boil, it's going to let itself die. Because yeah. it's not going to realize. Exactly. And that's, and that's essentially what I'm saying is, you know, it's mm-hmm. not that I'm blaming people for staying in the situation, no. but if you jump into an abusive relationship right away, you're going to get the fuck out of there the moment yep. they hit you. But if you're if they're love bombing you and they're with yes. you for years. And it's like the slow, gradual thing. Mm-hmm. And like I can speak from my own experience of being in an abusive relationship. That's exactly what yep. it was. Is that now looking back, there were so many red flags mm-hmm. that I wish I had seen at the beginning. But also I was a teenager mm-hmm. and it was my first relationship. Exactly. So I didn't know and I had no one to tell me that these are yep. normal things. Yep. But they do build, it is a build up and it makes perfect sense that the relationship was mm-hmm. the way it was and exactly what she was saying, that it didn't start off immediately as abusive and that it, like, built up over time because mm-hmm. it's like you're being trained. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And she says that a lot of the arguments that they had were about money, especially what he was spending it on because mm-hmm. um, I'll get, get some more detail about his um, his work history in, like, a, in like a little bit. But um, he would spend his money recklessly. He also was known for having affairs, for mm-hmm. cheating, um, so eventually Lorena became pregnant because, you know, 
And yeah. if he's raping her, he's obviously not going to use protection because, no, you know. because it's, it's not a care, it's not about caring about the other no. person, so you're not going to care about making exactly. contraceptive decisions. Exactly. And then it was said in court that he forced her to have an abortion, and then when she they were at the abortion clinic, he was, like, taunting her son, just saying, like, this could kill you, you know? Like, this abortion could kill you. Like, so he was forcing her to have an abortion and was like, this could kill you. I could cry mm-hmm. just, like, thinking and that, about Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, so... And I was put down, like, both you and I know this is another tactic abusers use. They will yes. rape and sexually abuse their partners, have them get pregnant, and be like, oh, well, like, mm-hmm. you need to get an abortion. But then sometimes yeah. they will then blame the partner and abuse them more because they had an abortion. Absolutely. As if they weren't forced to. Yes, because it's this constant twisting around of the, like, because we've talked about this before, the, like, how you da- or how dare you get blood on the carpet after I hit you mm-hmm. and make a mess. Like, mm-hmm. it's that whole twisting around mm-hmm. that my actions caused this thing, mm-hmm. but I'm going to blame you, the victim, because yeah. you need to be walking on eggshells to please me. So, um, I didn't see anything that said that John did like like was mad at Lorena for having the abortion I didn't see anything that said that mm-hmm. but I just thought it was important to mention because this is a very DV yeah. heavy case and this is something that yes. we both have personal experience as mm-hmm. well as professional experience with so yeah. we're very knowledgeable about this oh you know? yeah and it does it's slow it makes more and more sense to contribute how she got yes. mentally to where she was to mm-hmm. do what she did yeah and so then in 1991, this was about two years after their marriage, John left the Marines and um, didn't get a didn't get a job, or he got a job but couldn't hold a job down. Mm. So the couple began relying on Lorena's income from working at the nail salon to support themselves. Um, I wasn't sure... A lot sure. of stress and pressure, yeah. which is also very common for mm-hmm. abusers, because it's always one or the other, is that they don't want you to work because they don't want you to make friends and mm-hmm. get away from them, or they force you to do all the working mm-hmm. and then take all your income. And that's exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not sure why he didn't get a job, but my guess is that he was just a piece of shit, so he wanted Lorena to yeah. force her to do and all the work. And he wanted to put, her, uh, to put her in another place of entrapment and, like, more ties, that it's like, you're financially responsible for me, so mm-hmm. you can't leave me or I'm going to be destitute. Yep, exactly. And so <laughs> apparently she also uh, stole from her workplace due to him forcing her to because they couldn't make ends meet yep. and she got in trouble because of it i don't of know I, I forget if it was legal trouble or just from the job but i think it never went to anything substantial like never okay. anything jail time or anything like that mm-hmm. um so the police were called out to the bob at home on many occasions actually in february of 1991 uh, john was arrested for assault and battery but the charges got dismissed so we're saying why did they get dismissed you ask why why did uh, they get dismissed um because he went to fucking counseling Okay. Right? Like, and which, like, like, we're big proponents of therapy here. Yes. This is a therapy house. We were literally just talking about yep. fer- therapy before we yes. clicked record. Absolutely. Like, me and my partner are a therapy couple. We are yes. not a couple that is in therapy together, but we both do therapy. M- me, and, me, and, me and my fiance as well. Exactly. Like, it's just great. Therapy is fantastic. Mm-hmm. However, counseling cannot cure you yes. of being an abusive dickhead. Yes, and like, and as I wrote in my notes, like, as we know from yeah. working as victim advocates, nine times out of ten, counseling doesn't work. No, and like, I I think I might have mentioned it before, I don't know, on an episode, but I know I've definitely said this sentence to you, that I had a professor who years ago used to, um, she used to interview rapists like convicted rapists and to try to figure out like why they had done what they mm-hmm. done and like what their justification was now that they're in prison as to how that they're still good people mm-hmm. and she straight up would say like i've never met a rapist that i didn't like mm-hmm. and that's because they're incredibly charming people mm-hmm. so like that's the problem mm-hmm. with like abuser or abuser counseling or like batterers counseling mm-hmm. is that they're very manipulative and very charismatic mm-hmm. people so they go through these rounds of counseling and it doesn't necessarily always help yep. because these can be already very manipulative people yep. who are set in their ways and go in there with the intention of making you think they're cured when they're not exactly like, yeah um, and so they end up splitting it up in October of 1991, but eventually got back together as, mm. you know, it takes upwards of seven, eight times for someone to leave. So, you know, we're not going to fault her any ever oh, yeah. for that. No. Um, they end up moving into a new apartment in April of 1993. And then on June 21st of that same year, Lorena began filing for a protection order or protective order in Virginia. So they lived in Manassas, Virginia. That's where they resided. And okay. that's where the crime happened. So I did a little bit of research on what protective orders would look like in Virginia because both you and I know about PFAs, or Protection from Abuse Orders in Pennsylvania, um, since we both either have worked or currently work as victim advocates. Yes. So looking into Virginia's protection orders, they're pretty similar. 
um, except they're called protective orders, not protection orders. Okay. So Lorena would have had to file for a preliminary protective order or a PPO. This would expire in 15 days where she would have to go to a hearing for a permanent protective order. So this is kind of like PA where if you file for a temporary PFA, it Mm -hmm. lasts for about 14 days. And within those 14 days... Um, usually in a, on a Wednesday, at least in the county where we had worked, yeah. um, they would go to a hearing where the abuser would be present and then they would be could yeah. be granted a protection from abuse order, a PFA, for up to three years. Yes. So in Virginia, um, this could be granted for up to two years, but then if when those two years were up, the person who filed for the order, if they wanted for it to be extended, mm-hmm. they could request so from a judge and the judge could extend it from the moment it expires to another two years. Okay. And what's also interesting is there isn't any limit on how many extensions can be provided. That's awesome. Which is awesome because okay. we've I've heard stories of women who get these PFAs or you know or restraining orders, protective orders, whatever yeah. you want to call it. It expires and if it like it could get extended whatever and extended 10 years and then they get killed 10 years later because their abuser is still focused on them yes and because then they weren't able to get another extension or one of the things that i did hear when we used to work where we worked that always upset me was that there were several people who had the two-year order nothing had happened to them in those two years went to go uh ask for the extension and then was denied by a judge because nothing had happened in those two years so they thought it wasn't necessary anymore and then immediately the person got back in and started abusing them yep. or trying to abuse them all mm-hmm. over again so it's obvious it's different because in pa like you know there aren't extensions like yes. it's you have to go and apply for a whole nother oh, pfa whole nother, yeah. and that won't be granted unless there is a new incident exactly. which really fucking sucks but it's, yep. it, i like that in in um almost said new jersey <laughs> virginia <laughs> there is extensions so there's kind of a little Good. background as to what like lorena would have would have had okay. to file for that's yes. kind of you know background even though like that's a much better system in my opinion than what mm-hmm. pennsylvania has but also, that's still a really hard thing to yep. ask a person to go through. Mm-hmm. And especially a person who didn't even grow up with yep. this legal system yep. to be able to navigate that on her own. Mm-hmm. And to be forced to navigate that on her own. Mm-hmm. As well as, like, it's intense. Like, even a person who grew up in the United States and grew up with yep. in that state, in that county, and knows the legal system in that county, it's still a lot to ask yeah, of a person. Yeah, it is. Because I, I used to go to court with that, with a, as an advocate for victims mm-hmm. and helping with them with PFAs, and that, that shit it's really fucking it's tough it's you know it's easy yeah. to say like for us for us to sit here and say you know because i personally have never gotten a protection mm-hmm. order and I, to my knowledge you haven't either no. you know mm-hmm. it's easy for us to say oh go do it but at the end of the day a it's a piece of paper yes not discouraging anyone from doing it but it's a piece of fucking paper if yep. someone really doesn't care about that jail you, they're gonna you went through a lot of hoops to get yes went through a lot of hoops yeah. to get but also that those hoops are fucking hard like yes. not only do you have to literally recount pretty much every, your entire abuse history mm-hmm. But also the most recent event, which some people like, they could just be not that just getting slapped or just getting punched yeah. is bad, is is yeah. not is okay. Yeah. But some people will be like, you know, that's all that happened. Then all of a sudden they snap, strangle them, beat the shit out of them with a yeah. pipe. Then they have to go through describing that, that when it just happened. Two strangers. Two strangers, and yeah. a lot of times, especially in PA, yeah. at least the county that we worked for, people would we'd always say to to survivors and the victims like. Mm-hmm. Try to get the PFA as soon as possible. Yes. Because people, the judge will be like, well, if you're waiting a month, why didn't you do it sooner? Exactly. So you lived a month safely without it. Why mm-hmm. do you need one now? Exactly. And that's the most frustrating thing is mm-hmm. like, it is judged to that highest degree. And the hoops that you're jumping through to get it are on fire. Like yes. they are They're so moving hard. on fire, swinging. Yes. You have weights They're on your arm. so like... fucking hard. Mm-hmm. They're nearly impossible sometimes. And you're the one who's being judged harshly, not the person who's mm-hmm. committing crimes. And then you. the the even in Virginia, the fi- the mm-hmm. final uh, like the, the final order, the permanent order for mm-hmm. Virginia, the final PFA for New- for Pennsylvania, you, the abuser has a right to be there. Which, yep, so you have to face that. person. So you have to face that person in court, and if they don't, at least in in PA, mm-hmm. if you they don't don't agree with the PFA by agreement, saying okay, I won't yeah. talk to you for however many years. Yep. If they don't go by that, they have a right to bring someone in to question you as the victim yeah so that's like that, that's what Lorena was getting ready to do yeah that's that so was much. June 21st yeah. so let's get back to the event yes. of John's penis okay. <laughs> it was so it was June 23rd two days after she started filing for the protection order okay. Lorena said John came John came home drunk as he normally did mm-hmm. and he ended up raping her um, mm-hmm. he went to bed and then she got up for a drink of water while she was in the kitchen she saw a carving knife on the kitchen counter I saw between eight and 12 inches. It was a bit, it was a pretty big knife. Like okay. it was a, it was a carving knife. Yeah. Um, she grabbed the knife and went back to their bedroom. She pulled the covers off John and cut off his penis. Then she got up, she left still holding the penis and the knife mm-hmm. and drove to a friend's house. 
Um, along the way, she said she struggled. She was struggling to drive because she had a knife in one hand and the penis in the other. Yep. So she threw the penis into a field. Just chuck that fucker. Yep. <laughs> um, so once she got to her friend's house, her friend was yes. like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. I'm not sure where the knife ended up. It might have ended up in the field or the trash. I'm not quite sure where it ended okay. up. Um, I also, side note, did this research at like 3 a.m. on overnight on a 16-hour <laughs> shift. So um, if I'm missing any information and I'm a little jumbled, yeah. I apologize. Oh. But this was one of those cases that was like easier to research because I yes. knew a lot about it already. Mm-hmm. Um, so when she got to her friend's house, she called 911, told them what she did as well as where to find the severed penis. Um, so the cops found the penis and brought it and John to the hospital where he went through a nine and a half hour reconstructive surgery and had his penis successfully reattached. Lorena was also brought to the hospital and a rape kit was done on her because she said that he had raped her. Um, then she was arrested. really, really intense to go through. Yes, because there are not only pictures measuring its internal swabs, external swabs. It's It's extremely invasive. Mm -hmm. It's very long procedure, long thing because Mm -hmm. so... Although we worked at a DV agency together, Mm -hmm. the first job that I had was an agency for all intimate partner Mm -hmm. violence. So I have sat through rape exams Mm -hmm. with people, Mm -hmm. and that was something that our advocates did regularly. That exam, at minimum, can take two to three hours Mm -hmm. just to get all of it. And the way that they explain it is that for a rape in particular, there are three separate crime scenes. There's the victim's body, the perpetrator's body, and the scene mm-hmm. where it happened. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, although luckily nowadays we have sane nurses who try to are specifically mm-hmm. trained to try to perform this exam mm-hmm. with the least amount of trauma mm-hmm. and re-traumatization as and possible. Just a side note, sane stands for sexu- sexual, sexual assault nurse, nurse examiner. examiner. Yeah, yes. just putting it out there. So they're specifically trained to try to do conduct this exam in the least traumatizing way possible. However, it, they're also specifically trained on how to collect evidence mm-hmm. in a way that is substantial with the chain of command Mm -hmm. and follows that chain of command that evidence can be used in Mm -hmm. a court case but also although it it really sucks because although it's this fine line of balancing of treating you with kindness care and with trauma-informed care but also your body is a piece of evidence Mm -hmm. so going through an exam where your literal physical person is being used as a crime scene investigation Mm -hmm. is intense yeah and it's also you know it's very invasive too like think about it no matter how you are assaulted they Mm -hmm. they go through and not to get graphic they go through pretty much every orifice you have yes because they want to make sure you know they go they scrape on your fingernails they swab inside your your... dna that they can exactly i've even heard of and was talking to a detective that i used to work at that they had convicted a pedophile for a child rape case based off of touch dna found internally Mm -hmm. From someone's fingers. Mm-hmm. So, like, that is how intense this yes. DNA can be and yeah. what they're trying to look for and get yeah. is DNA that's that level of yeah. certainty and And I want to put it out there, too, that, that these rape kits are also usually done right after this happens. Yes. So, Lorena, not, not even mm-hmm. 12 hours after she was raped, yes. was taken to have a rape kit done. Yes. So, it's that's why it's so traumatizing as well. Not only because oh, you're yeah. being re-violated and you're kind of also, like, as much as you want to say you're being treated as a human, you're being treated as a crime scene, like you yes. said. It's happening not soon after your assault happened or your yes. rape happened, which is when mm-hmm. you're the most vulnerable because a lot of times yeah. you don't even want to touch anybody, no. much less have someone touching you, poking, poking prodding you, this, that, yeah. and the other. So who would, after your most horrifying incident, want to have a doctor literally pervo- performing mm-hmm. exams on mm-hmm. you internally? And and there are some places that don't have sane nurses, that no. don't have people who are trained. They just no. are like, oh, you don't want it done? That's fine. Like, uh, the thing yep. I think of is um, in Euphoria. Yep. When Mag- when it wasn't a rape kit, but when Maddie said she was strangled, yeah. and obviously this is not how it's done in real life, but no. they like force her to do it. They yes. will never force you to have a rape kit, yeah. but there are people who are like, you should get it done. You need yes. to get it done. You and need to get it done. will be badgering and rude. Uh, we've had one doctor who at one point, because one of the things that they had practice-wise that they had stopped doing was taking hairs and mm-hmm. plucking, because it used to be that they would pluck 10 hairs, 10 yep. from your head, 10 from your genitals, mm-hmm. things like that, so that they had DNA. 
that stopped being a thing about five years ago mm -hmm. because it's incredibly painful yeah. to rip out hairs from your head, let mm -hmm. alone your genitalia. Yeah. So we once had a doctor that literally did this to one of our victims and mm -hmm. would not listen to one of our advocates when we would say, like, that doesn't happen in the exam mm -hmm. anymore. And he outright refused to listen to her and was like, oh, well, like, it's in the instructions. I'm reading the instructions. They're like, yeah, but that's not done anymore for this reason. He refused. So oh, he wow. did pluck hairs from this person. Mm -hmm. So, like... At it's, this time, this is the 90s. It yeah. was not disbanded. So she's also having people pluck hairs out of her mm -hmm. head. Pluck hairs from her genitals. genitals. Yeah. Like, this is it's, painful. Yeah. So um, both John and Lorena were tried for crimes committed on the 23rd. John was tried for marital sexual assault, mm -hmm. while Lorena was tried for malicious wounding. So John's trial happened first, and it began in November of 93. So it happened June 23rd, 93. His trial was November 1993. Okay. Um, he wasn't tried for marital rape. Because at the time, Virginia law required couples to be living apart or serious physical injuries to be happen to be charged with the crime of marital rape. Seriously? Which, yes. Which, as we know, I, like a lot of states, I think the most recent, I think it, well, I want to say in the early 2000s was yeah. the most recent state outlawing marital rape. Like, marital yeah. rape wasn't seen as a thing. It was just starting to be seen as a thing in the 90s. Yes. The fact there was even a statute in Virginia yeah. was very progressive. You yes. know what I mean? Like marital rape is still not taken seriously. Yeah. I, and I know you, I know you worked with a client specifically at the place we worked at before yeah. where you had to sit down with her and say, just because he's your husband does not does mean he mean can, he rape, can you. rape you. Yeah. And what is so very frustrating is that specific statute. Cause one, this also, it limits the idea two ideas that people need to get out of their head when it comes to mm -hmm. intimate partner violence. First, most rapes do not happen with extreme physical mm -hmm. violence it usually is more likely coercion that it occurs. Mm -hmm. And two, that saying they have to live apart. So saying that you can't be in a relationship with someone who has the capability or does rape you is mm -hmm. not true. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about a domestic abuser who is also a rapist, it is easier for them to rape their victim and to be able to control their victim through rape when they are still physically in a relationship together and when mm -hmm. they are living together or when they are intensely, genuinely mm -hmm. dating. Yeah. It's that in and of itself is one of my biggest pet peeves and will yeah, be I my agree. soapbox that I will yell about Oh no, forever. 100%. I will climb that hill. Oh yeah. Like this is the hill I will die on and I think everyone yep. should die on it with me because yeah. there is no reason that anyone should ever think that it needs to be brutal physical violence that marital rape occurs or that it has to be when you're mm -hmm. separated and not actively participating in a marriage. Mm -hmm. And I want to know, I just looked this up real mm -hmm. quick. So there are 12 states, mm -hmm. Connecticut, Idaho, Iowa, Michigan, Minnesota, Mississippi, Nevada, Ohio, Oklahoma, Rhode Island, South Carolina, and Virginia have a loophole that le technically legalizes marital rape. So in Nevada, being married to the victim is enough to protect someone from prosecution. So marital rape is legal. In Virginia, a husband can avoid criminal charges if he agrees to therapy. And then in South Carolina, a married victim only has 30 days to report the rape and has to pr prove threat of physical violence. Um, and the most recent state to close a marital rape loophole, because there are loopholes. Like, technically, yeah. on the surface, they'll be like, it's not legal. It's illegal. But, but then there's, loophole. it, there's loopholes. Yeah. Maryland was, in 2017, mm -hmm. not even, what, that's five years ago, mm -hmm. uh, closed the... Um, closed the loophole where victims had to prove there was use of force. And I'll link this article that I have uh, okay. in the show notes. It's from um, Governing the Future of State and Localities. It's I just, okay. I just looked it up. Thank but you. I it, think that's, that's an awesome resource for folks to have. Yeah, to and I'll do, and, and honestly, I might also include the, um, the, uh, the it's called RAIN, the Rape and Incest uh, oh. National Network. Yeah. And they have resources on, on rape, on incest rape, on stranger on, rape. Yeah, and on reproductive abuse, which yes. is also something that was occurring to Lorena. Exactly, so. exactly. So... Oh. Yeah, so that's, uh, obviously we're going on a lot of tangents in this case because A, we support yes. Lorena Bobbitt or Lorena Gallo as she's now known, but also, like, this is such a, mm -hmm. we have, you know, we have both been through domestic violence yes. relationships and been abused, and so we stand, we are very passionate about this, and this is yes. still my current profession. Oh, yeah. So I see this literally at least five times, at least five times a week, so yes. you know what I mean? So And we've got a lot of anger, which oh, I'm very yes, sorry we for do. the tangents, but... Yes. Because at the end of the day, social services is not perfect. You know, no. we have both have a lot of, you know, Tay having worked in the field for over for five years, me mm -hmm. having worked in the field for a year and a half, you know, we both, and me currently still working in the field, we both have a lot of repressed anger from the injustice that is done to our clients. Yes. So 
you know, and you'll find, I'm, I'm sure we'll eventually do more DV cases, you know, yeah. that's just how we are, but this is how it's going to be every single DV case, because yeah. we don't fuck with this. No. Abusers are trash, they deserve mm-hmm. to die, like, yeah. I don't give a fuck, like, it's, no. And it's completely reasonable, I totally understand if someone would not love this as their favorite episode because of all these tangents, yeah. but it's necessary, and this yes. is one of the reasons why we do this, is because we mm-hmm. want people to have this information, and mm-hmm. one of my main goals forever, my whole life, will be that people stop asking the question, why do they stay, yep. and start asking, what can we do to stop abusers? Exactly. So, um, now off the tangents, <laughs> during the during John's trial, Lorena talked about the history of abuse from John, including him raping her, and while raping her, um, saying other women's names during the rape. Jeez. Yeah. Um, she also mentioned that he had choked her uh, during the rape on the night of the 23rd. Ugh. And so there wasn't, like, I found a couple, like, there wasn't a lot of details. And that's something that I think was really frustrating for me researching this case mm-hmm. was, well, also maybe I didn't do enough digging. But it, it seemed like there wasn't a lot of um, serious articles about it. There were a lot of, yeah. oh, Lorena Bobbitt cut off her husband's dick, like that type of yes. stuff. Like, it wasn't, I only found one or two sources that gave, like, in-depth views about the trial and what she said mm-hmm. and stuff like that so you yeah. know it may seem like very surface level and i apologize for that but it was also you know but this case was also super sensationalized so yes. i don't blame you for that because mm-hmm. it i think it really is hard and also why i think it was very difficult for jordan peele to do what he mm-hmm. did for his documentary and why it was so groundbreaking was because to find those few people mm-hmm. that were in her corner and were willing to talk about mm-hmm. the horrific violence that was actually happening that yep. went behind this because like the general public doesn't care and doesn't yep. want to know nobody wants to hear about domestic violence yep. in this way because they don't want to deal with the fact that this does happen behind closed yep. doors they don't want to acknowledge that anyone can do this a picture exactly. perfect marine can yes. rape and strangle his wife like. exactly and nobody wants to deal with that part of it but mm-hmm. everybody wants to hear about or see some guy's franken penis mm-hmm. after he got it put back on exactly. because it was cut off exactly so um at the end of this trial a jury of nine women and three men found him not guilty to marital sexual assault so i can so i think the reason why was there were numerous stories that him himself like mm-hmm. he himself john told about yeah. that night he first claimed they had consensual sex, that she was asleep while they had sex, which, quote, is still rape. Yeah. Thank you. Um, they didn't have sex at all, and that Lorena tried to initiate the sex, but he was too tired to have the sex. So then it was like, it was, he, and he, this is all in his trial. So there's like five different stories, and you're still like, yeah, he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, if someone tells you five different stories that are completely different about the same incident, mm-hmm. why would you not be like, oh, you're a liar. That's clearly mm-hmm. a rapist. Exactly. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> so, you know, like, and what I, I think, because it's frustrating, because, like, looking at it from, like, a personal standpoint, it's very frustrating, because, like, obviously he did it. Yeah. But also, having a criminal justice background and lo- taking criminal law classes, I understand why they found him not guilty. Like, I'm not saying I, okay. Put you this don't up, put agree, this out there. but you get it. I do not agree, and I do. I wish he yeah. was found guilty, and if I could sentence him to death, I fucking would. Put mm-hmm. that out there. But I understand why, because if A, the jury's not unanimous, they yes. cannot convict. Yeah. But also, if they're, if it's wishy-washy, like, if the if an argument put mm-hmm. forward is wishy-washy, or, like, yeah. you know, because all it takes is one person. Yep. You know, you need to have a definitive, unanimous vote to vote, to um try, to charge someone as guilty, or yeah. whatever. You know, so, it... It makes sense why he wasn't charged yes. for the crime. It makes me mad as a person, but as someone who studied criminal justice, it makes sense to yes. me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Either way, it was such a miscarriage of justice. Oh, absolutely. Such a it was such a, a negative blow for Lorena. Yeah. Because not only did she have to go through this, she also had her own trial to go through. So and this was definitely gonna reflect negatively. Yes. So, Lorena's trial happened in the following year in January, so that was January of 1994. Okay. John took the witness stand, denied raping her, but said that she tried to initiate sex, but he was too tired from drinking that night. He also claimed he didn't abuse her during their marriage, as most abusers do. Okay, but also, like, there are police records of you doing Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Excuse you? Mm Mm-hmm. So, the uh, the defense actually, so the defense, meaning um, Lorena, Mm -hmm. Lorena's uh, lawyers had witnesses coming up to the stand saying they had seen bruises on Lorena previously, and that they had heard John talk about his liking for forced sex. So, he was into forced sex. That is rape. Yes, (laughs) exactly. That's one forced rape, or forced sex is rape. I also want to put out there, if anyone says non-consensual sex, that is rape. That is rape. They just 
the word rape is a scary word for people. Yes. And I myself, as someone who, you know, who has mm-hmm. had that happen to me, you know, I couldn't use that word for the longest time. Same. That because was a it's, very hard journey mm-hmm. for me to be able to say that in terms of myself mm-hmm. and to be able, and it was an even longer and harder journey to get to a place to mm-hmm. finally stop blaming myself exactly. and saying that it was my fault and not the person who had done mm-hmm. it. But I can very much say that now. Yeah. But also, like... I don't understand if someone is my friend, my neighbor, things like that, coming to me and saying, I like to forcibly force myself onto other people, be like, you're a rapist and why are we talking? We're not friends. You need to get away from me. Like, this is the the many times of like, who the fuck is just passing this by? Mm -hmm. Who the fuck is Mm -hmm. just like, that's a normal thing for a person to say and just going on with their day. Yeah. This is, like, you need to call 911 immediately. Yeah. And I also want to put out there, too, like, even if, you know, obviously John raped her because we believe victims in this household, you yes. know. But even if Lorena wanted to initiate sex and she revoked her consent halfway through, it's that the rape. moment she revokes her consent, that turns into rape. Yes. I don't care what anyone says. And yes. like like Tay mentioned before, you know, trying to coerce someone, trying to be like, come on, babe, please. And you and then you yeah. coerce into it, that is sexual assault. That yes. is rape. Badgering you know I mean? someone is not consent. And, yes. like... I don't know why this has to be said, but if someone is not over the moon excited to yes. be having sex with you, why would you even want exactly. to do it in the first place? Because people are <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the trial, she was found not guilty by reason of temporary insanity. Good. So she was actually sent to a psychiatric hospital for a minimum of 45 days as per Virginia state law, but then was released with no, you know, n- nothing after that. Mm-hmm. So where are they now? We might ask, where is Lorena Gallo? Yeah. Where is John Bobbitt? Mm-hmm. So let's start with uh, John and his penis. Ugh. So uh, he's made quite a name for himself. First of all, um, he tried to start a band called the Severed Parts. That's disgusting. And it failed. Straight to jail. You can <laughs> straight to jail. Straight to jail. You cannot have that as your band name. Yes. And that's yes. disgusting. Yeah. So that failed. So what did he do next? Obviously, the next, the, the most logical choice. Uh, he starred in porn. He starred in two porn films. That's right. Pornography. Yeah. Uh, The two films were called John Wayne Bobbitt Uncut. And then, and then, I kind of want to, okay, I'm going to get close to the mic for this one. Franken penis. (laughs) I was joking when I said that. I did not know that was the actual name of the porno. Franken penis. I'm a genius. Franken penis. Um, Yeah, like, what the fuck? And so then I found some more background on him. Apparently, so he's gotten into more legal trouble since then. He has been charged multiple more times with assault against new partners. Yes, because this man is a serial, a serial rapist, rapist serial, and batterer. Yep. He's an abuser. Abusers don't stop unless someone stops them. Mm. And he got away with it with Lorena. Yep. He's going to continue. Like, yep. And he also he also got charges for shoplifting too, in in uh, Las that's Vegas. That's hysterical. Yeah. So. Lorena, our girl, yeah, our our girl I wish Lorena. Her so much the best. So she's doing a lot better than John is. Good. Um, she changed her name back to her maiden name, which is now Lorena Gallo, Good and has her. actually had dinner with the Ecuadorian president in 1996. Aww. But people gave him a lot of shit for it because we'll talk in a, li- yeah. in a little bit. You know, I wrote only a little bit about it. But I want to I want to talk yeah. about our opinions about the case. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of backlash for that because of, of the sensationalism and the yeah. You know what I mean? The that- media perception is that she's an evil demon woman, mm-hmm. and he was this poor innocent victim, and his penis needs to be protected. Yeah. Like of course. He- yeah. So apparently she um, did make headlines because she got arrested for punching her mom in the face. Oh. Apparently, but uh, she was later acquitted of that, so I don't know like what happened there. There wasn't okay. information about it. Yeah. Um. But everyone, you know, it. You know. Yeah. I don't know. We don't we know don't what know happened. in that situation, and like, I'm not trying to say like we just think she's an angel, yeah. but like, that's a very different yes. kind of charge. Yes. And she doesn't have a lot of that history in her background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, she actually has become an advocate for victims of domestic violence. She actually started a foundation called the Lorena Gallo Foundation. Um, Mm -hmm. this foundation aims to bring awareness to domestic violence and let victims know that their help is out, that help is out there. Um, Because she said before that she wasn't aware of shelters for abused women when she was married to John. Of course 
Of so she had, she had no, and she was an immigrant, yeah. so she didn't know, like... No, she was completely isolated mm-hmm. and was in this insular community that he had perfectly mm-hmm. designed so that she could never seek help. And even, even now, like, even in the past few years, like, it's only now becoming more, like, there are more agencies popping up to help immigrant yes. women. Like, there are more, you know, there's, mm-hmm. a, uh, and we can always, well, I'll, I want to link some of those in the show notes, like, organizations yeah. like HIAS in, you know, in the mm-hmm. eastern Pennsylvania region, you yes. know, there's the Pennsylvania, it's called uh, Pencil- Pennsylvania Immigration something commission it's perk that's what Mm -hmm. my agency now uses for immigration and stuff like Mm -hmm. you know there is help out there for women who are immigrants who are not documented who who are you know are in abusive relationships and the vawa act has a huge part to do with that the violence against women act so you know it's it's there is help out there but she wasn't aware of it because it was in 93 oh absolutely because it's only not even almost 20 years later it's just now becoming more of a okay well just because you're undocumented undocumented does not mean that you can't get help yeah you know what i mean so um, Ray, Lorena now is married and she has a daughter and she still works for fighting the, for the rights of domestic violence. So oh, that's the case her. of, you know, Lorena yeah. Gallo or Lorena Bobbitt. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like, si- like this is kind of like an end, uh, end wrap up. I feel like we can't not talk about this case and also ignore how the media portrayed her and the reaction of the general yes. public. So, you know, there were so many jokes about the situation. It was often referenced in pop culture. Um, and I, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that, People made a joke out of it. It's very similar to how people made made jokes about the O.J. Simpson thing. Yes. Like on Nicole Nicole Brown Simpson was kind of it was they were focused more on on O.J. Yep. and not on her. It, it's a kind of a different situation, but yes. it was still focused on the abuser, focusing on the yep. abuser. Oh, O.J. didn't do it. O.J. didn't do it. Yep. But then you have a dead woman who got killed by her hu- her ex husband. Exactly. Like. And that there's a history of violence. It's one, ignoring the history of violence for men, and Mm -hmm. especially men who we put in roles that we think of as celebrated, Mm -hmm. as well as, like, let's not forget, if I'm not forgetting and, like, remembering correctly, not only did he do porn, but, like, John Bobbitt, like, met Hugh Hefner, like, he Mm -hmm. started meeting celebrities, like, he went on, like, a whole big tour circuit. I think he was Mm -hmm. on Howard Stern. Like, Mm -hmm. this man was thrown money at him and was celebrated and like acted like he was this amazing guy who survived this horrific scary mm. crazy woman when in actuality this was an abuser who yeah. then went on to continue to abuse yeah like this is what our society does is that there's always the like that like with like the brock turner case of like why would we ruin a man's life instead Mm -hmm. of caring about the damage that they've done and harm that they've caused to the victim's life. Yeah, and so I looked up on Wikipedia, even though I know sometimes, you know, Wikipedia isn't Whatever, (laughs) fuck it. It is what it is. It's a fucking podcast. So there's a part on the the Lorena Bobbitt and John John and Lorena Bobbitt um, Mm -hmm. Wikipedia page that says popular culture. So there's a bunch of just like, you know, um, good things where it comes like the Jordan Peele thing, Lorena on Amazon Prime and the Lifetime aired I Was Lorena Bobbitt as a part of his Rip From Headline series, but there was also, you know, um, t-shirt slogans, limericks, uh, advertising mm-hmm. gimmicks, um, you know, Howard Stern, he was on, John Bobbitt was on Howard Stern for the New Year's Eve special, um, to raise $250,000 to defray the outstanding cost of his surgery. Like, so, Howard Stern helped oh him with God. that. So... And that not only that, but there's also, um, you know, there's there's actually, uh, there's a uh, bristle worm called Eunice Afro, Aphroditois, Aphroditoi, Okay. Is informally known as the Bobbit worm, because after the case, because it's attack, it attacks its prey with scissor-like jaws. So they they pop culture. It, it got yeah. so pop culture like big that yes. they named they nicknamed a an animal after her. Um, and then there was also you know right. in, in 2019, Family Guy referenced the incident in the episode Peter and Lois's wedding, mm-hmm. where Peter met Lois in the 90s. In the beginning, Peter states, "I quote." It was the decade of Viagra, but also the decade of Lorena Bobbitt. So it was yay boo. For, it was a yay boo period for penises. Um, there's also another episode reference in uh, February of this year. It's called the Lois Quagmire. Um, there is a Canadian hardcore punk band SNFU released a song called Bobbitt in 1996. Mm-hmm. And then um, even Lizzo, which I'm surprised yeah. that Lizzo's a part of yeah. this. Um, in her song Girls, she says, "I'm a Lorena Bobbitt uh, on him, so he can never fuck again." Which oh, this woman's trauma isn't a joke. Yeah, so it's there's a lot of pop culture references to her trauma to the case, and like it's just, you know, it's so frustrating. On the surface, I it might seem funny because I'm not gonna yeah. lie. When I granted, I was only yeah. 18, 19 years old, so not as educated as I am now. Granted, mm-hmm. I'm only twenty four, but still, yeah. like it. 
I felt like it was like, oh yeah, she cut off his dick. Like, go cut off his dick. And like, we joke, we like, yeah. even you and I, not like joke yes. about it in like a funny way, but joke about it, like, good for her. You cut off his dick, this, yes. that, and the other. But at the root of it, people are making fun of a woman who was a victim and was defending herself, even if it wasn't a weird and non-conventional way. Yes. You know, we've heard, I've heard clients say, oh, I stabbed my abuser before. Mm-hmm. That is, people be like, oh, that's extreme. But also if he was strangling her, it yeah. is what it fucking is. Yeah, you do what you need to, to survive. Mm-hmm. And although like, I know probably which i'm very happy they didn't use that part against her but i know in today if it was in like a good quarter or there was like a good attorney against mm-hmm. her would immediately ask well like why did you wait until after he was asleep so that's something like, i wanted to bring that's up. because that was the safest time because she I, still I, felt trapped she I, still felt in danger like i wanted to bring that up uh, up because i feel like that's something that was used a lot against her yes. because it's yeah and something else i wanted to point out too and it has more to do with like murder as opposed mm-hmm. to like bodily injury but yes. um there's like first second third degree murder and manslaughter yes. so what change like the what changes between like third degree murder second degree murder mm-hmm. and first degree murder is the cooling off period or the reaction time and yeah. so something that you know could be also could have been used against her was the cooling off period yeah. he raped her she they both went to bed she got up there was yeah. a cooling off period yeah. but just because there was a cooling off period does not mean that she did not feel unsafe oh, yeah. And in a domestic violence situation, there is no cooling off period that's exactly. long enough for you to be safe. Exactly. So, you know, with that all being said, that was a case of, as people know her, Lorena Bobbitt, but I want to say Lorena Gallo because mm-hmm. I want to honor her because yeah. she is, you know, she's she's a bad bitch. She yeah. took her her abuse and yes. the crime, the crime that she committed, even though, like, you know, we think it was, you know, justified, you know, she took what happened to her and made it into something good for her, which I'm very proud of her for. And she took an incredibly horrific, traumatizing experience, and instead of only focusing on healing herself, is now trying to heal others. Yes, exactly. And that's beautiful. And that's something that I I admire a lot, because that's part of the reason I go into DB work, because I don't want anything that's happened to me to be for naught. You know what I mean? I don't want it to have happened for nothing. Not just so I can heal myself, but I want to use what happened to me Mm -hmm. to heal other people. Oh, yeah. And that was what I used to tell my family all the time when I did that work for five years, was because I don't... I felt so shitty about what had happened to me that I didn't want anybody else yep. to have to feel the way that I did. Yep. So I dedicated every day to trying to help other people so that nobody had to feel as alone as I felt. Exactly. So, you know, so that's kind of the end of the case. That's, you know, no, yeah. one of my cases. So uh, I guess if you want to mm-hmm. follow us on Instagram, you can follow us at... Figures in the Dark. You can follow us on Twitter at... Figures in the Dark, but dark spelled D-R-K, because character limits. Love that. You can <laughs> follow us on Facebook... Uh, at also figures in the dark and then send us an email whether it be case suggestions listener tales we want to compile all that type of stuff maybe conspiracy theories you know give us stuff to do even if you guys even want to suggest places for people to donate other like resources or like information that you think others Mm -hmm. should know we absolutely want to be able to share that too and we've also gotten some people who have dm'd us as well on instagram which i'm okay with like we're also okay with that because we're small enough where we can handle that yes but eventually you know email us stuff so we can yeah. keep track of it but anyway our email is <laughs> figures in the dark podcast at gmail.com um and so you know and you can always follow us on spotify google music google podcast um anchor and then amazon music yeah Woo! we still haven't got apple music yet but we're working <laughs> we on it, it i promise <laughs> um so as always you know thank you for listening and as always beware of the figures in the dark bye, bye. bye.